0: Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Tuesday. It obviously is Tuesday, August 24th. And though we certainly are well past the draft, free agency, you know, the bulk of the NBA offseason, there's certainly still some questions to be answered when it comes to the Grizzlies. And there's also a bit more to add to the pot. Based off however, validity, how much validity you put into rumblings that may or may not still be occurring, it certainly is making things more and more interesting as the Grizzlies look to finalize their roster before the start of next season. Of course, you can find the show... And myself, at Stats SAC on Twitter. My name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credentialed media member of the Grizzlies. having have been covering the Grizzlies now for three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues. Also, your host here at Locked on Grizzlies. Your Grizzlies every day, but may not necessarily be every day with us being in the slow part of the NBA calendar. The majority of days, you will find a new show here at Locked on Grizzlies covering the latest news, perspectives, insight, and honest truth. When it comes to the Grizzlies, you can also find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. In today's show, I'm going to talk a bit more about the sense behind potentially looking to make moves with Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson, even if that's not right now, going to discuss why it does make sense to at least have talks surrounding both players in the market, even though much of the action around the NBA seems to be over with, but also, in the, and I'll talk about that in the first segment, in the second segment, talk about how when it comes to potentially moving both Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks in the general scheme of things, the stakes are a bit higher when it comes to moving those players than it is players that the Grizzlies have previously moved on from. And in the third segment, the latest ESPN power rankings for where teams are now that the bulk of the offseason is out where are the Grizzlies, and why are they where they are, and what does it say about their season next year? Well, let's get right into it. So, you know, the source of these potent, this rumor, or whatever you may want to call it, the source simply said that at the right price, Dylan Brooks and... Kyle Anderson were available for trade. And I talked a bit about this yesterday with Isaac Simpson in our conversation that we had, Isaac Simpson from Hootball Grizzlies, but wanted to expand on it just a bit. At the end of the day, I you may even put not even put enough validity on thinking that it's worth talking about. But I do feel That when it comes to the Grizzlies roster, I at least think that the Grizzlies are smart to have had conversations about seeing what made sense to potentially move either Dylan Brooks or Kyle Anderson in a trade if what they were getting back was the right return. Now, the idea of getting the right return with Dylan and Kyle, it becomes a lot more focused than the return that you got for Jonas Balanchunas and Grayson Allen, simply because Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson, with the type of players that they are at the value that they are at their positions, they're a bit more valuable in terms of today's NBA than Jonas Valanciunas and Grayson are. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But when it comes to the sense behind potentially seeing what could be out there for Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson, I do think it was smart to at least explore those markets. I do think that it was probably much more likely if anything would have actually been done. It would have been done earlier this offseason as teams were trying to, you know, make moves on top of other moves, either via the draft or be a free agency, trying to position themselves to make the moves that they wanted to move to finalize their roster. I do think that if a move would have happened, it likely would have already happened. But one of the reasons why I think it's not just an absolute, you know, no, that, you know, neither one of these players are going to move this offseason. Why it's a, you know, a non-zero chance that they could be moved is that I do feel there is a market out there for Bo Steele, and it's related to Ben Simmons. The reason why I say that is because we, the per, the person that broke this news about the Grizzlies potentially shopping Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson at the right price was someone that covers the Cleveland Cavaliers. We know the Cleveland Cavaliers have at least explored the idea of looking at a trade for Ben Simmons. And I think that the teams that are tied to Ben Simmons have or are, are sensible teams to go after Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks. You've got the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Golden State Warriors, perhaps the Atlanta Hawks, perhaps the Sacramento Kings, and other teams that could make a move for a, That it, since they're interested in a player like Simmons, it seems smart that they would at least want to explore the idea of making a move for Dylan Brooks and For Kyle Anderson, we also had a rumor earlier this offseason that the New York Knicks may have been interested in Dylan Brooks. Now, let's set the record straight. I'm not saying that Dylan Brooks or Kyle Anderson are on the level of Ben Simmons. They're not. But the reason why I think the Grizzlies are at least smart to be seeing what market could be out there for a Dylan Brooks or a Kyle Anderson is because if many teams are looking to potentially make a move for a player like Ben Simmons, who offers significant defensive upside, that's something that could attract that that could make Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson attractive. In general, Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson are two players who arguably insensibly offer more value on defense than they do on offense, but they still have offensive games where they can add significant value on offense to complement their defense. Now, that overall package that Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks can provide, it's not on the level of Ben Simmons. But when you consider what the 76ers asking price for Ben Simmons is, plus the commitment that teams are going to have to make To him, And despite his age to the flaws that are already known, you can see while, yes, you may be getting a less talented player than Simmons in Brooks or Kyle Anderson, you can see where it can make sense why teams may be attracted to the idea of trading for Dylan Brooks or Kyle Anderson instead of going after Ben Simmons. Now, that doesn't, in my opinion, in any way, shape, or form, make it more likely that Dylan Brooks or Kyle Anderson are going to be moved. But I do think it's smart for the Grizzlies franchise to at least play the market and see if a team might be willing to overpay for Dylan Brooks or Kyle Anderson. Because at the end of the day, last season for both Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson certainly were their the best years of their career. There is a fair question to ask, I feel. If it makes sense for the Grizzlies to sell high on both these players, like they did with Jonas Valanciunas and Grayson Allen. Now, obviously, Grayson Allen and Jonas Valanciunas, their their specific player profiles are less valuable in today's NBA. They were both expiring contracts. There were much more sensible reasons to move on from those two. Plus, you you had sensible replacements for those two on the roster. It was much more sensible to move on from those two than it would be Dylan or Kyle Anderson. but. If the Grizzlies again got the right price for either player, it's at least worth listening and considering. But the other big thing is this, is that that right price, the definition of the right price is key as well. For teams that may want to acquire Kyle Anderson or Dylan Brooks, their right price may be paying a price that allows for them to, yeah, consider what Brooks and Anderson did last year to be relevant, but they're gonna, other teams are going to pay a price where they were Brooks and Anderson could supposedly supposedly continue to do in the future what they did last year. That's probably some of the offers the Grizzlies may have got or where some of the discussions may have gone if Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson were being talked about in trades. I'm sure other teams were looking at their season this past year and they may be a little bit skeptical that Brooks and Anderson can keep up that type of production away from Memphis. But the key for the Grizzlies is this, is that with both Brooks and Anderson, you've got enough sense and keeping them around long-term. They're young enough and meet enough roster needs for the Grizzlies for them to remain a part of the core. The right price for the Grizzlies to move on from Brooks or Anderson is not a team paying a price where that other team supposedly thinks that Brooks or Anderson can do what they did last year, keep doing what they did last year. For the Grizzlies, you've got to get a price where a team feels confident that they're going to be able to continue what they did last year. That's the point where the Grizzlies probably can get an overpay for either Brooks or Anderson, and it makes it worth moving on from them. Obviously, that makes the chances a lot lower that you move on from Brooks or Anderson, but that also makes it worth it to the Grizzlies and makes them have the point of leverage in any of these conversations. They've got pieces in Brooks or Anderson that really could make sense for many teams across the NBA. From contenders to emerging contenders, anywhere from 20 to 25 teams in the NBA could be sensible destinations for Brooks or Anderson. And with the type of season that they had last year, the Grizzlies know they're perfectly fine keeping them, but if a team wants to overpay, it's certainly worth listening. That's where I think some of the logic comes into looking at what markets may be out there from Brooks and from Anderson. And I don't necessarily know if the Grizzlies are continuing to do that. I think it's one of those situations where they're not actively shopping them, but they'll at least listen. And I do think that probably those conversations had more earlier this offseason than they're having it right now. But yes, while the likelihood of either Brooks or Anderson being traded is certainly low, I do think that the even more intriguing and more important narrative for From All this is when it comes to the potential of moving on from those two players, you're talking about a whole different ballgame when it comes to the fallout from making that type of move for the Grizzlies. And that and that the amount of the fallout that comes from that makes it even more important for the Grizzlies to make sure they definitely start getting these trades right when it comes to trading a caliber of player like a Brooks or Anderson. Coming up, I'm going to discuss how when it comes to Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and other pieces the Grizzlies may move in the future, the Grizzlies' need for those moves to be right becomes a lot more important than moves they made in the past. I imagine if you've been listening to Locked On Grizzlies for a while, you know I love to start off the shows by saying, wherever you are and wherever you are listening. Well, no matter who you are and no matter where you are listening, I'm sure all of us love the summer. Cookouts, the pool with family, sunny skies, warm weather, it's a wonderful setup. But for some of us, it could also be less than ideal because it could be a setup for an embarrassing situation, especially if you're someone that suffers from excessive sweating. Well, if that's the case with you, I have something that I'm highly confident will allow for you to gain your confidence back when it comes to whatever social event you may be doing during the summer. And that's sweat block wipes. Doctor created and doctor recommended. Works for up to seven days per use. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show. It's a be- been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, and it has over 13,000 reviews. Wear what you want to wear, wear, wear what you want to wear again with your little secret to confidence. That Sweat Block Wipes. It's something that should be in everyone's toiletry bag. If you or someone you know suffers from excessive sweating, you certainly need to know where to find Sweat Block Wipes. You can do it on Amazon or at CVS. If you go to sweatblock.com right now, put in the promo code locked on, you'll get 50 or 20% off your next order of sweatblock wipes. Again, that's go to sweatblock.com, put in the promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order of sweatblock wipes. It's August, and it's a wonderful time of year again when it comes to wagering and betting on sports, because with August here, we know that collegiate and professional football are right around the corner. And all eyes are turning on football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one sport spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super day uh, super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded. Up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easy way to, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your Favorite Vegas casino games don't wait and take advantage of all your great offers available for the 2021 season don't forget to use the promo code locked on from betonline.ag on tomorrow's episode of the locked on grizzlies podcast really excited for a special guest to the show over the past few weeks, there's been a bit of fun Twitter buzz when it comes to the Darko NBA metric, a future projections metric that's gained popularity over the past, past several seasons. It had some really encouraging projections when it comes to Ja Morant. But he's not the only Grizzlies player who the Darko metric really likes. And I'm going to ask the creator of the Darko metric himself, Kasia Medovovsky, who about this metric, why it favors many of the Grizzlies players, and why it's highly encouraging to see what the projections say about John ja Morant and others. Again, Kasia Medvedovsky, the creator of the Darko NBA metric, will be our guest on tomorrow's sh- show of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So getting back into the discussion about Dylan Brooks and Cal Anderson, at the end of the day, the likelihood of them being traded certainly is very low. It makes perfect sense for the Grizzlies to keep both of them in the fold, especially with how good of seasons they had last year and how important they are to the Grizzlies roster, not only in the the present, but also in the future. But I do think that the general idea of making a move with both Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks, it certainly starts to shed light on the fact that the Grizzlies are now at the point, in terms of their future roster construction and where they are in this rebuild, where their room for error in potential moves is going to continue to get smaller and smaller when it comes to continuing to evolve this roster as time goes on. As I mentioned before, when you have Jonas Valanciunas and you have Grayson Allen on expiring contracts coming off sell-high seasons, it makes perfect sense for you to made the moves that you made. Yeah, you may not have just gotten optimum value for either of them, but the fact that both of them were players you clearly were not going to pay, they were at positions in terms of player profiles where you got a replacement in Steven Adams for Jonas. You already had players who could replace Grayson on the roster. They were easy to replace players in terms of the player profiles that they offered, and that's why the Grizzlies sold high on those expiring contracts, got present value for future assets, and moved on. The thing with Dylan and Kyle, though, is that the reason why they're not in the same category as Jonas and Grayson is because, once again, they sensibly fit a lot of needs and make a lot of sense to keep on this roster moving forward. Not only are they wings who can do things on both ends of the court, but they also are likely going to be controllable assets at least for the next two seasons until Dylan Brooks gets his next contract they're sensible players to pay the price that they're probably worth because of what they bring to your roster not only in terms of filling out the wing need to being able to play multiple positions in different lineups Dylan at the two and three Kyle at the three and four but the biggest thing is they're the duo that leads your defense which let's be honest at least into next year is probably going to be the end of the court where the Grizzlies are stra- Stronger on when it comes to their depth, when you consider Steven Adams and when you consider, you know, Jaron being healthy. The Grizzlies could have a really, really potent defense next year, and that could be a strong basis for them to really start to establish themselves as a perennial playoff contender. Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks play a huge part in that. And for that reason, that's why it's so important and why it's much more important that if the Grizzlies were to move off one of Dylan Brooks or Kyle Anderson, they've got to make sure that they get the move right. So you probably don't, move a Dylan Brooks or a Kyle Anderson to take a home run swing like you did with the assets that you gained from the Jonas Valanciunas trade, you probably don't take that high-risk opportunity, you know, from the assets that you gained from the Jonas Valanciunas trade with Kyle or with Dylan, because you already know that you've got assets in Kyle and Dillon that can help you now, that can help you into the future, and that certainly are filling a big area of need that you have to have filled with significant talents to be able to win in today's NBA. You don't want to sit here and move Kyle or Dillon to simply make another move where you get future assets. If you were to make a move using one of those two players to bring in a younger player who likely has more control on, Term and has more upside, sure, that's something you consider. If somebody wants to overpay in terms of future assets, especially first round picks, Sure, you listen, but you don't do the present value for future assets thing as willingly with Kyle and Dylan, because what you have in them in the present and for the future is much more important with what they offer than when Grayson or Jonas did. And the other thing, though, is this, is that you're also starting to get to that edge. You're starting to get to the edge of that threshold where Trading off Jonas and trading off Grayson, when it comes to Ja Morant, when it comes to Jaron Jackson Jr., when it comes to what you've built so far, you built a strong enough foundation and you've had enough success to where it clearly makes sense that you were going to have to start moving off some of your older players to have what you need to do to get better for this roster, to evolve this roster as time goes forward. You're okay doing that with Yonis, though it's hard to see him go. You're okay doing that with Grayson, though it's hard to see them go because you know that you can rep- sensibly replace them while also strengthening your future. But when it comes to Dylan and Kyle, that's where you start to toe that line of do you go too far trying to break down the success you've already had to build up your future and ignore the present. With Dylan and Kyle, I think if you were to move one of them and you were to get a return that is solely focused on the future and you don't get a lot of immediate value from it, that's where you start to run the risk, okay, are we doing too much? Are the Grizzlies doing too much by sacrificing what they've got in the present to try to have the best chance at as bright of a future as possible? I do think you run that risk of the fact that if you trade a Dylan or a Kyle, Kyle for future assets that aren't going to offer immediate value, then you run that risk of if it's starting to maybe have a negative impact. You're taking too much away from the culture you build up. You're taking too much away from what you know about the present that could help in the future to take to bring in as much potential for the future. I think that there is a fine line to cross at some point, and when you come to talking about Dylan and Kyle, you are walking that fun line. And at the end of the day, the main takeaway is this: the reason why I say that when it comes to Kyle and Dylan and potentially trading them, the Grizzlies have a bit, a significantly smaller room for error in terms of the trades that make sense to move on from either one of those players compared to what they moved on from and getting in return for Jonas and Grayson. When it comes to Kyle or Dylan, it really, to me, only makes sense to move them If you're getting a clear upgrade for the present and future, if you want to use Dylan along with future assets, or if you want to use Kyle along with future assets, or if you want to use both of them to bring in a clear talent upgrade that's already established in the NBA to support John Jaron over the next 12 months, that's fine. You knew that move was going to have to be made at some point, and if Kyle and Dylan are what allow for you to do that, and you're able to keep some of your younger players and assets to make other moves, that's perfect. Do it if it makes sense. But that, to me, is really the only option outside of some team just you know, clearly overpaying for Dylan or Kyle either an overpay or using Kyle or Dylan to get a clear upgrade to bring into the Grizzlies roster, those are really the only two clear options that make sense to move on from Kyle or Dylan. That means that the likelihood of them being traded is far less than other players the Grizzlies have traded, but it also highlights the fact that that's where the Grizzlies are in their roster construction. The right the deals that make sense are going to start to become fewer in quantity, and the Grizzlies have to make sure that they get it right when it comes to quality. You have all the confidence in the world that this front office can certainly do that, but that's where the difference lies in potentially looking for trades for Kyle and and Dylan compared to other players that have already been moved on from, you're perfectly fine keeping them. It makes sense because of what they provide to the culture, as well as they needs, as well as the needs that they feel on the roster and in terms of the defense that they lead for the Grizzlies. So, if you're going to consider trading Collar Dylan, you've got to make sure that it's right. And at the end of the day. If that deal is not right and it's not right now, you happily keep them and move into the future with them as a very, very good duo, especially leading the Grizzlies defense to support Jaw and Jaron. But with the moves that the Grizzlies have already made and the moves that they've still potentially could make. What does that outlook look like for the Grizzlies with the power rankings that recently came out from ESPN for next season? Coming up, we'll discuss where the Grizzlies are, why they are where they are, and what the rest of the rankings around them may indicate for next season's success. We talk about Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson being essential parts for the Grizzlies, and really the only way that you could see a future without either is if you make a clear upgrade to make the roster better. Well, that's basically how it what it comes down to when it comes to the essential parts of your car. You can't take them away from the car because then the car is not going to run anywhere near as good, but you're likely going to have to make upgrades on certain parts if you want the car to run better in the future. Regardless of whatever your overall plan for your vehicle is, if car parts are needed, rockauto.com is a great source. Within a few clicks of a button, you'll likely find what you need regardless of make a model or the part, RockAuto.com is likely to have it, regardless of your experience level. When it comes to doing car repairs, RockAuto.com is a very cost-effective source. They should have what you need at an affordable cost because this is a family-owned business. They've been in business for more than hundred for more than 20 years. They know that car parts typically fall out of the budget, so they want to try to make things as affordable as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Again, to want to remind you of a very exciting show that we have on the horizon for tomorrow. Kasia Medvedovsky, the creator of the Darko Projection Metric when it comes to the NBA, a metric that has shown some very favorable projections when it comes to John Morant and other Grizzlies. He will be joining us tomorrow to discuss the details why those players are so highly thought of and why it indicates the Grizzlies are certainly doing well when it comes to constructing their current roster for the future. So obviously the Grizzlies have certainly been very active. And when it comes to the moves that they made, yes, they have not got that clear upgrade that many of us know may know is eventually on the horizon, but it just has not been there this offseason. What the Grizzlies have done is traded present value for future assets and they've taken a bit of risk. They've really tried to hit home runs with what they've got through the draft as well as some trades that they made to try to hit on another one or two pieces to really bolster this roster for the future. But even with the Grizzlies making the moves that they have, and even with some of the certainty that the Grizzlies have traded off, the great thing is is that they actually remain currently in a similar position for next season with where they ended last season, at least according to ESPN. When it comes to ESPN, they released their latest NBA Power Rankings, looking at where teams stand now that the majority of the the time frames in which teams will significantly change the roster, now that those times have passed, where do teams stack up? And The Grizzlies are currently ranked 16th when it comes to the NBA Power Rankings, and that makes absolutely perfect sense. Last year, the Grizzlies were the eighth seed in the West and that would have put them right in that 14 15 16 17 spot when it comes to them in the playoffs. The Grizzlies are ranked 16th and it makes sense, right? You could that you've seen some certainty in terms of production taken away when it comes to Jonas Valančiūnas and Grayson Allen. You've seen the Grizzlies gain back a bit of certainty when it comes to Stephen Adams, but you've also seen that the Grizzlies are really looking forward and are really putting a lot of emphasis on betting on their young talent, while the certainty that you saw go away in Jonas and Grayson was significant, you feel like that can easily be made up for in terms of the projection or the progress that you'll see amongst several of the Grizzlies' young players. Yes, there may be a bit more risk that that may not work out than you would have liked coming off a playoff berth, but that's the that's the direction the Grizzlies have chosen. To go, And you especially think that that could come from a full season of a healthy Jaron Jackson Jr. and others like a Brandon Clark. Now, the thing about it is, is that ranked 16th right now in the power rankings, the Grizzlies actually are the ninth team in the West. They currently are ranked as the ninth best team in the West based off these power rankings. Right ahead of them are the Portland Trail Blazers and the Golden State Warriors. Now, you would have to anticipate the Golden State Warriors probably are going to make another move or two to really bolster, bolster their roster to try to be a championship contender for next season. And I do think also that you could easily see the Portland Trailblazers or, or another team surprisingly struggle to where the Grizzlies could eventually work their way up to where they're in that 7-8 to eight conversation. Next year. But behind the Grizzlies, you do have a few intriguing teams that, if they were to make another move or if they were to see their young players progress, you could see some teams knocking on the door when it comes to the Grizzlies and that play in spot. With the Grizzlies right now ranked as being the ninth best team in the West, a New Orleans or a Sacramento, though we have heard this for the past couple of years, it doesn't work out. You think at some point these rosters will get it right, and that may be this year, and that could put pressure on the Grizzlies. At the end of the day, I do think, especially with the depth of defense and a depth of effective defensive pieces that Taylor Jenkins and his staff will have to utilize, I do think the Grizzlies should feel confident that they're at least going to be in a play-in discussion. I think a popular win total that I've seen for the Grizzlies from a few sites is 41 wins. Now, am I ready to say that I feel this Grizzlies team is going to be above 500 next year, with Jonas and with Grayson out of the equation without knowing that they're going to have full health from their roster? It's hard for me to say that. There's going to be injuries that eventually occur. There's going to be a player or two who does not make the progress that you're hoping that they make. There may be a few surprises as well, but all in all, can I sit here and confidently say, I feel the Grizzlies are going to clearly be above 500 next year? I can't. I can honestly say I'm confident there's enough talent, enough young talent that could develop for them to have a winning record next year. I certainly could see that. But until we get into the season and start seeing some of the adjustments that have been made, I can't honestly answer that the Grizzlies are going to be a 500 or a better team. I do feel they're going to be right in that play-in conversation for the third straight year, probably around that ninth or tenth seed with the chance to get to the playoffs. I do think this roster is certainly good enough to do that. So I think it's fair. I simply do, I certainly do think that the Grizzlies being ranked 16th, they're right there in the middle of the pack in terms of the league as a whole. They're certainly not anywhere near good enough yet to be a contender or even a playoff lock at this point, but they are more, but it's more than fair and more than certain that they certainly are one of the up-and-coming teams in the league and that they're one of the most intriguing young cores as well that has done nothing but exceed expectations under Taylor Jenkins. Yep, you're probably going into a season where you've got a bit more high variance in terms of overall record that the Grizzlies could, you know, have, whether it be, you know, significantly under 500 or potentially well over 500, There is a bit more high variance than most teams and most fan bases may like to have coming off an unexpected playoff trip. But that's what the Grizzlies were focused on all along. And that's why I mentioned, like I did on the conversation with Isaac Simpson yesterday, that's why I'm saying wins and losses to me are not the most important factor next season. For me, it's the emergence of Ja Moran as an all-star, Jaron Jackson Jr. as a consistent two-way difference maker, and other players across the roster getting to the point that they once were, or showing progression in their games. That is what stands out to me, because if you had that, then the Grizzlies front office knows what pieces they're going to keep, knows what pieces they're ready to move on from, and you get a better idea and a more focused idea of knowing what you have and knowing what, you, what it's going to take to get what you have to be in a sustainable winner and a hopefully eventual playoff contender. I get it. You, you had hoped last year – would be that 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 determining season. I know we talked about gathering data last year. Data accumulation was a theme of last year. You don't really want to hear that that is a theme of this upcoming year as well. But I do think that even though it may not be the most popular way of going about doing things, I think that that is the right move for the Grizzlies to make for them to know about as much about what they have right now. That is a big, big leverage when it comes to a small market. The more you can know about the assets in the current market, roster that you have right now, the more calculated it's going to allow for you to be to make additions to the roster as time goes on. That certainly is still a ways to, a ways away. We'll see when it happens. But as for next year, I think the Grizzlies are certainly a middle-of-the-pack team right now that likely will earn another chance at the playoffs. It's going to fully depend on how well their young core develops, and that's certainly going to be an exciting narrative to watch all season long. Don't forget to join us tomorrow as we wel- welcome Kostya Medovsky, the creator of the Darko NBA metric. Talk with him about why jaw is liked so much by that metric, as well as a few other Grizzlies who are thought of favorably from that metric. We'll have that for you on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter as well as all the content from the show. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.